This morning's Old Testament lesson comes to us from the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are the one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be the one of peace. And the gospel lesson comes to us from the gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. We call this text Mary's Magnificat. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I think, I think Tim will and can attest to this. I think he can attest to this. Music is the universal language. Joan and I sat in this cozy little restaurant on North Captiva Island with Chef Dave and our server Kia. I like to say my personal chef for the time we spend on the island. Our table is right in the corner, overlooking the bay and the kitchen. And we try to get the 6.30 reservation so we can, be, we, can still, we can still see the magnificence of the birds and the fish, the sky, the sky with its, its pink and blue hues, just as God paints them every, every evening. It was our next to last evening there before we came home. And there were quite a few tables set. So it was obvious we weren't the only ones there for personal Chef Dave. We're not going to be the only ones dining that evening. There would be about 30 minutes, though, 
before the next two parties arrived. They would come in, and boy, did they. Sitting right next to us, a lady, perhaps in her late 60s, maybe 70s, and her son in her, his late 30s sat next to us. We, we struck up a conversation, Neil Diamond playing in the background. After the pleasantries, I found out that he was a technology VP in banking in Atlanta. He was building a house there on the island and owned a condo for his mom to live in at Safety Harbor Club. That's where the restaurant is. Then the corresponding question, that, that, that corresponding question, that question that will dampen anything that happens in the room, what do you do for a living? And I answered, I pastor the First Presbyterian Church in Lake City, Florida. Things got quiet like they always do when, when I answer that question. But I'm used to it. I'm used to that deafening silence. I, I asked where they went to church. Obvious next question. Where do you go to church? She was Episcopalian. He was non-denominational, but worshiped online. Ding, 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 ding. I whipped out my business cards and asked them to check us out while they were on the island. And by the way, they did. And they may even be watching now. The other parties started to arrive and fill up the tables. A it was a series of families that would come in that were, that were gathering there together for the week. And then it happened. Then it happened. The song came on. Sweet Caroline. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Good times never seem so good. Yes, I found myself leading the patrons in the restaurant in a good old-fashioned sing-along. The atmosphere in the restaurant changed. It was lighter and everyone seemed to be a lot friendlier. Anna Beth, the mother, then remarked, Are you sure you're a Presbyterian pastor? <laughs> and then, you sing pretty good for a pastor. <sighs> Ouch. All the Presbyterians I know would never have done that. In fact, I would have envisioned the Presbyterian look. I laughed and I explained that, they, that God threw away the mold when they made me. But the music linked us all together. In fact, Annabeth and I have continued our dinner via email back and forth. Today's text reads like an aria in an opera or a duet in a musical. The Magnificat stops the action of Luke's gospel in order to celebrate the greatness and the covenant faithfulness of God. God's sovereignty in the world and, and the display of God's greatness by displacing the proud and the powerful and blessing the meek and the lowly while sending the rich away empty-handed. God is great, but equally important and harder to believe for many 
in our day. God is good. We close our our worship services every Sunday with the call and response of God is good and all the time. And I believe it to be true. God's demonstration of power is not merely a show of force, but it's intended to remind us that we belong to God and can count on our God to help us. God's power and greatness displays God's goodness. Sometimes the greatness of God rouses fear within us and humanity, but God's goodness encourages us not to be afraid of God. I think that to fear and not be afraid is the irony of faith. Mary's fear of God is unafraid. And in her song we hear of both sides of God's goodness in action and the grace God has shown us in God's love and mercy. Mary bears witness to the grace and love of God, the unmerited favor of God, the abounding love for us who have done great things for Mary and looks with favor upon the lowly and fills the hungry with good things. Along with God's actions, we find forgiveness and perhaps even the long-suffering patience with the weakness and fickleness of humanity. We also discover in, in Mary's words and song that humility is the proper attitude of God's people in response to God's goodness. Calvin, Calvin observed, if, if we contrast Mary's poor estate with high estate, we may see that Mary is emptying herself and elevates God alone. God claims us as his eternal possessions, and we are to rejoice in God's goodness. Mary's Magnificat rounds off the celebration of God's goodness by, by recalling God's covenant faithfulness to Israel and humanity. The covenant of God with God's people is the golden thread, the thread that binds us all together. It binds the Old Testament, the New Testament, old Israel, new Israel. We are told in Leviticus, I walk among you, says the Lord. I will be your God, and you shall be my people. What better words are there? And so it's from generation to generation, the best hope for us of every age finds its voice in Mary's song and has rested securely on what I said earlier. God is good. And all the time. And the good news is that God keeps God's promises. Mary's words highlight the world changing aspects of the impending birth. A new life coming into the world and the celebration of that life is almost always, always, think about this, universally filled with incredible expectations of hope, of joy, 
and especially love. And those feelings are not just exhibited by moms or parents or even immediate family. In our case, in our case, the entire church family. We are all expectant when one expects. And the community gathers around. It's what we do. In the first part of this story by Luke that we didn't read, just before the Magnificat, just before Mary sings, God gives Mary and her cousin Elizabeth two things that each lacked. Community and connection. God, God removes their isolation and helps them to understand themselves more fully as part of something larger than their individual destinies. Together they are known more fully and begin to see more clearly than they do as individuals. I believe this is truly an Advent message of hope, of peace, of joy, of love that starts out slowly and quietly and builds to a crescendo. We anticipate its growth and full manifestation, but we do not yet experience it. The genuine message of Advent, as distinct from Christmas, culminates in Mary's love song. As I wrote this sermon last week, I, be, I began to contemplate the realization that the development of hope and love within a community of faith and believers takes time. There is a deliberate nature and tone to it. And I wonder how many Marys and Elizabeths or Zacharias and Josephs might there be sitting in the pews this morning, listening online, awaiting an opportunity to connect more deeply with the people around them? How many long to connect their small story with the larger stories of God? How can I encourage the cycle of recognition and response that widens the reach of the Holy Spirit? That's why I love, that's why I love our Bible studies and our life groups, our Wednesday night dinners, fellowship time after worship. We can sit down and learn from each other. Much can be learned by sitting quietly with our brothers and sisters as the world pushes us relentlessly from the quiet and reflective tones of, of Advent towards a louder, larger, and even more expansive Christmas. Christmas Eve. It's hard to know what brings all y'all together to church this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Perhaps, like a lot of you, you worship every Sunday. Or maybe today is somehow special for you. You have family and friends in. Perhaps it's the lighting of the Advent candles or singing the music of the season. Maybe it's the afterglow of the cantata from last week. 
or the savory and sweet goods for coffee hour. I know, I know that they may not be open on display right now, but there are probably doubts and hurts that are close to the surface for many of you worshiping today. And I have this, I have this gut feeling, and I've had it over the last few months, that there may be many of you experiencing what I call the COVID hangover. We want to get back at it. We do. We want to get back at it. But somehow we struggle to figure out what that means and how to snap out of it. There's no magic steroid that, that can do it. It has to come from within. That spirit from within. That love from within. And like we sang at the children's time, we love because God first loved us. And we know it to be true because we are told so in the Bible. We need to get reacquainted. Reacquainted with each other. We are starting all over. We have set the reset button. We are starting anew. And we all need to sit for a while with each other and with God, meeting each other and accepting everyone as they are, not as they feel they're expected to be. Experiencing true acceptance and worship, we may find ourselves asking Elizabeth's question, and why has this happened to me? This very human-sized story prepares us for the grand history-changing birth that is about to come. When we linger here to listen to Tim's music and gather for fellowship after worship, we will be strengthened, prepared, anticipating, and deepened for our Christmas celebrations. So the time is now. The time is now. I invite you to begin our Christmas season with our longest night services. Our Tuesday, and, uh, that are on Tuesday, and our, then our Christmas Eve service celebration of lesson and carols. I urge you to come and celebrate this year. Hit the reset button. Live like today is going to be your last day. That it's going to be your last Christmas together. Be happy. Celebrate this day all oh, like it is your last. Because there is good news of great joy for all of God's people. There is a star in the sky. Can you see it? Because the Messiah is coming. And the babe, that babe is about to be born and placed in the manger. Come. Come and gather. Find out what that looks like. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. 
I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.